welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week, we're talking about the 10th Quasi album, which is also their first in 10 years, called Breaking the Balls of History. And it starts with a song called Last Long Laugh. I was a teenage porcupine A bed of nails running down my spine A trail of tears up a hill of beans A last long laugh at the edge of dreams is the sort of band that I kind of slips my attention sometimes and then I keep being reminded, no, they've been around since the early 90s and they just keep putting out music and it is never not an energetic blast. And so I, I kind of lost track of them and I'm glad to welcome them back into my life with this amazing energy. It's Janet Weiss, legendary, legendary drummer and her ex-husband, Sam Coombs, who's played with a number of different bands as well as this band. And it's just two people, and yet it is this glorious noise, and also just this amazing example of, oh, you can get married, get divorced, and then stay in the same band for almost three decades Yeah, they were only married for four years, and this band has been around for 30 years off and on. And, you know, Janet Weiss, as you mentioned, was the longstanding drummer for Slater Kinney. She's also been a member of Stephen Malkmus's and Malkmus and the Jicks. Um, And then Sam Coombs has played with Elliot Smith and Built a Spill and some Slater Kinney stuff as well. And they've just been around for a long time and they know how to make good, interesting music. Yeah, it's a. Uh, we talked a lot about this, I think, with the Slang record, which also Janet Weiss's other band with her yeah. current partner. Yeah. Um, and Sam Coombs also played on that. So a lot of good uh, collaboration happening. But yeah, she had a heck of a 2019 with the leaving Slater Kinney and then getting in a horrible car accident with her partner. And she, then 20 She broke both her legs and her collarbone. Yes. Amazing. And to do that in your 50s, when most people are like, you're still drumming? And yeah. to come back and come back fiercer than ever and this first song is a perfect just example of that of like life is crazy and it's the just existential like i don't care just keep laughing and keep drumming and keep banging on that insane roxichord organ and yeah don't 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 let them your own mortality get you down yeah sam coombs's main instrument is a electric harpsichord called the roxichord which i think he also has done some of his own 
uh, customizing to. Yeah, everything in this band, I think Janet Weiss is a very controlled musician, but I think here she's able to go pretty crazy. And we hear that where it starts off with that simple bass drum and then we get this 20 seconds of madness coming into that second verse. It's really fantastic. And this is so simple with all of that cacophony of just a single verse and then the chorus is literally one line where it's always just one last laugh at the edge of x where that just progresses from dreams sound and then uh, this uh finally coming in for the edge of death by the end the edge of time and the edge of death just really is letting you know like you're gonna die so make a lot of noise and it's a great intro to the record so we come from here to things that are a little less crazy but i think still pretty energetic on the next track it's called queen of ears Olympus to mingle with the gods. Your mind reassured by such boredom. There are dirty bathrooms and casual disarray. Recall to your mind the comforts of is such a chaotic instrument their sound is so you know dissonant and primal and i think that the way that he can go from kind of like and we hear it there of just kind of like pretty melody and then to bonk 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 like very percussive playing it it's it the way that he falls in tune with the or in time with the drums is really unique no it's a really versatile instrument and he clearly you know decades of playing this has he's learned the the ins and outs of getting the most out of it so that they you know i think that there's a pretty consistent sound on a lot of these records he has a comfort zone but he doesn't always stay in there and i love that yeah you have the kind of banging along and then followed by this amazing um kind of vibrato of the harpsichord and janet weiss comes in with this high voice and her voice is really pretty Mm -hmm. and it's sort of yeah, I, I, it's great that she gets a chance to sign. She's usually singing back up on this record, but it adds such a sense of airiness. And this entire song, which is admittedly pretty weird lyrically, and I'm honestly not quite sure where they're going, but it's creating this sort of mystical and it's very kind of psychedelic, even as the sound is kind of this bluesy, uh, if anarchic sound instrumentally, then these ah kind of climbing up Mount Olympus to discover that it's just kind of like home is such a great image. And I don't know what any of it means, but it gets me in a great headspace. And that same, you know, this anarchic uh, bridge we get of they are completely out of control and yet it completely works. Uh, it, it, 
yeah, they're, they're, I don't know how they pull it off. And her pretty backing vocals help to take the next song we'll play in a very different direction, and it's called Gravity. Niagara falls straight up to the moon Or you can fly there in a lead balloon Gravity Don't care at all You can walk on I like that we get to downshift a little bit and things get, I think, really into the meat of the center of the record and also start to really touching on some of the themes here that I think animate what they're going with here. Because here there's this entire notion of the verses are all about people's delusions. Like you're going to fly to the moon in a lead balloon. Gravity don't care. You're going to walk on water in concrete shoes which are made in the USA, gravity don't care. And it's all about, you know, the leveling of the world kind of comes down like a hammer. It doesn't matter who you are, what you believe, what the traditional hierarchies are, they are going to be laid low. Reality is does, doesn't care. And so it's a, it's a beautiful sentiment, even as it's this kind of silly, seemingly jokey track. I think it's got a lot of philosophical heft. I don't it. think it's jokey. I think it's really... Pretty and it's got kind of like this David Bowie-esque, like spacey feel. I think the lyrics are funny though. Yeah, I mean most of the lyrics are just kind of weird and abstract. Yeah, but it's I do appreciate though how Sam Combs has this kind of very earthy voice, and then when when they invoke gravity and he goes up a little bit, Janet Weiss comes in above, and it suddenly becomes like ah, and then immediately don't care. It's a I love that. You know, setting yeah. you up and, and knocking you down. Yeah, this whole album feels has a very down to earth feel, which they did intentionally. They, you know, they it's just the two of them who play and they really try to write these songs in a way that they could play them live. So without a lot of production tricks or anything. And I think that's sort of said to the point on the next song that we'll play, which is called Shitty is Pretty. encapsulates their so their whole ethos as far as just being like the authenticity is what matters and uh, you know there are definitely more 
artists nowadays who are making music to be licensed or played on streaming but not necessarily to be played live and the fact that they're really focused on songs that you can play live and you can feel that they were played live to recording too this was recorded in five days um and so it's it has a real immediacy to it yeah i saw that they worked with john goodmanson who produced a bunch of slater kenny records and so it's great to see him bringing that touch here where it feels just the right amount of polish while feeling like the entire thing could explode at any moment it's nice also to hear a little bit of guitar on this rec on this track just a little bit and you know it's deployed strategically i could not find credits for anything mm-hmm. but i know that i think both Sam Combs and Janet Weiss play guitar. I know she played guitar before she ever learned to play drums, oh. basically self-taught um, by just watching other people play drums. And it's called being a musical genius <laughs> that she is like one of the best drummers ever based on that. And I think I'll just say that one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in a uh, live performance was like 20 years ago, quasi opening for Slater Kinney. Ah. So playing the drums in the opening act and then turning around and playing the drums for the headliner, yeah. no sweat. And at one point for one of the songs, she was somehow able to drum and play the guitar at the same time. Wow. And I mean, just doing like the bass drums with her feet while mm-hmm. playing the guitar, but it worked and it was amazing. So it is nice. I, I'm going to choose to believe that that's Janet on the guitar there. Yeah. Part of how she got back into that athletic drumming shape was, you know, of course, by the time she was starting to recover from her accident, then COVID hit. And so she couldn't really go out and play with people. And so she and Sam would get together in a practice space, just the two of them and play as if they were playing a live set every day, just to kind of get her back into that shape. And that was a big part of her recovery. Yeah, let us all be in as good shape as Janet Weiss is when we're in our late 50s. Yeah, she's 57, which is incredible. Yeah. So we come from this, you know, tearing down aesthetic uh, hierarchies to another song about tearing down different uh, distinctions. It's called Riots and Jokes. this as breaking down another hierarchy and i think it's where we get into some of the more explicit political messages on this record uh and you're reminded that oh yes this was written during the kind of height of the pandemic and that 
seemed like, yeah, everything's falling apart and sick old men are the problem. I, I, I just, I didn't even really pay attention to these lyrics because they're so abstract and uh, kind of feel very stream of consciousness. But what I loved about it is that the too long, there's a very long instrumental intro and then this long instrumental break that we played here, which you wouldn't think would be very interesting with just a, what is essentially a keyboard and drums, but he gets so many interesting sounds out of this rocks accord. And here it's just like this crazy calliope sound that almost sounds like it's introducing the circus. And then these just drum fill after drum fill of really inventive drumming. Yes. Well, Janet Weiss, the first, uh, first drummer I ever saw do a drum solo where I was happy about that fact <laughs> and her talent really anchors it. But I, I did, to me, the lyrics kick in because it is so much of it is those long jams. And again, they're skilled enough that it's not self-indulgent to do it. And just it's this wonderful psych rock experience. But it ends with an actual repeated lyric where it's like, no, if you didn't get the message, the world is yours, ladies. <laughs> you know, what are you what are you waiting for? And it's a little bit of like, you know, yeah, it's there. It, women have to save us, I guess. But uh, it, certainly the men are, are not saving us, it seems. So there's a lot more of an explicit COVID pandemic political message on the next song we'll play, which is called Doom Scrollers. All the puffed up patriot pigs, Punisher skulls on the backs of their Patriot pigs is such a great phrase, but this this song is it's almost a little too on the nose with what it felt like to be experiencing the pandemic and you know being under a Trump presidency and all that. And I think part of what Janet Weiss experienced in coming out of her injury and then having the pandemic was this immediacy of like you have to you know don't just sit there doom, doom scrolling you have to appreciate life for what it is and one of the quotes from her that i think is from the press release for this record and she says there's no investing in the future anymore the future is now do it if you want to do it which is a great quote yeah I, this song i think does a great job though of a balancing the sort of pandemic as something that was experienced by comfortable white people it's like oh i'm getting into baking bread uh -huh. and oh this the kids have to <laughs> attend school remotely versus people are living in their cars yeah. and the anti-vaxxers 
are ruining everything. Oh, and there's Nazis. <laughs> and so it is, I think, and it escalates where it's like, oh, things are a little bit here. And then like, oh, the Nazis are out and we're just trying not to die. And it is, I think, a reminder of this trajectory that these two artists have taken where they were both kids in Southern California. Both were in kind of San Francisco in the late 80s. And I think either met there or right after they moved, they both moved to Portland and mm -hmm. then got married and started a band and that Portland of course was one of the places where even if you were a comfortable white person to 2020 was just nuts. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the, the, you know, the clouds blocked the, the stars and also there were helicopters flying around attacking people. It was, <laughs> it was really nuts. <laughs> yeah. And then this very pretty chorus of Blackberry Pie a la mode is so weird. And I can only read it as like the appreciating little things in the moment because really that's all you've got. Yeah. I, and, and I like the little touches here because yeah, I think the songs are not the most subtle, let us say, but I like how, for instance, here the choruses are all pretty much the same but then there's always a little bit of mix up where it's like no future no tomorrow and then from the first chorus it's like oh there's no one to be no nothing to see nowhere to be nothing to see and then finally no fairy tale ending like yeah this is not gonna get better and i go back to the last song like yeah we have to stand up and change things <laughs> i i don't i mean i feel like you're ascribing a lot of intent to these lyrics that isn't there and i don't think that there's really an impetus to do anything it's very just kind of feeling things in the moment and describing a moment but it doesn't i i don't think it's you know kind of a rousing call to action yeah, yeah. i mean it, it, i i kind of see that and maybe i'm trying too hard to find that where it isn't there but i think in a an album where so many of the songs are about, you know, challenging hierarchy and challenging our current situation and embracing joy in the face of oblivion. <laughs> and I, I don't know, I, th I think it's possible to find a positive call to action there and we can choose to do that. <laughs> All right, so the next song we'll play is called Nowheresville. such a wonderful mashup there's obviously a little bit of that political tinge with that you know riff on thoughts and prayers and their <laughs> inadequacy and yet the takeaway for me is how an energetic musical mashup of this sort of 60s pop sound of this do 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 you know, shoop, this old, shoop. yeah the shoop shoop and then we get that little bridge section at the end which 
feels like this cool kind of 60s spy movie, really yeah. cinematic sound combined with out and out hard rock guitar solo. I can't, I don't know who's doing that guitar work, but you it's couldn't find cr- credits. I could, I was unable to track hmm. them down. I took, I took an attempt. Did you track it down? No, but you usually look up the credits. Yeah. My usual places that I looked uh, failed yeah. me. So mm-hmm. I feel very defeated and it's a bummer because this guitar work is great. And more of a bummer is I'm not going to go see them live to see when they play this to find out who's playing these rocking guitar because solos. Because they're playing in Albany, which well, is uh, like a hundred miles from here. Well, it's not that far, but it is also sold out. So yeah. I hope you have tickets for that February 25th show. The Ivy Room. Ivy Room in, in Albany. Bay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're headlining and that's the thing is I think they maybe have opened in bigger venues, but it's nice to see them selling out on a headlining tour, even if the venues are not as big. So it's, uh, someone else will find out who's doing these guitar solos, but I can really enjoy them. This energy throughout the record is so high. There's a handful of quieter moments, but there's always this feeling of barely tamed chaos that could spill out in any direction at any moment. It makes it a, a very engaging listen. And I have to say, you know, Slater Kinney is your favorite band and you are also, you know, a fan of the Slater Kinney extend or cinematic universe. <laughs> um, and you had listened to Quasi before, which I never really have. I've listened to some of their stuff and I was like, eh, this isn't really, it was a little bit abstract for me. And I, I, it's hard for me to appreciate how good just drums and keyboards can sound. And they just get so much sonic variety out of these instruments and their own vocal instruments they both have pretty versatile singing styles and so i was pleasantly surprised by how much i like this album yeah i I think they were one where their first few records i would describe as pretty fabulous and i don't know i found that i was getting maybe i just wasn't in a place to stay on board with them as i think they got maybe a little self-indulgent but I think maybe I just wasn't ready for it. And so the problem was not them. It was me. And I've grown into one of this. So now I feel more inclined to go back and listen to those sort of two or three middle albums where I kind of got off the train. Yeah. And I, I'd love to see them play live. I, I, I'm i reminded a little bit of one of the bands, one of the weird bands we saw at South by Southwest one year was I think called Lung. And it was just a cello and drums. And yeah. they were really interesting. And it's, these are two seated instruments, but they seem like they would be pretty energetic performance. Well, if, if you see Sam there. Combs and you get a little of this, if you watch the videos from this record, which I recommend, they're pretty amusing slash freaky. And he is so animated that in fact the keyboard is on his knees and he's as he's moving his legs you see the keyboard (laughs) bouncing up and down and it looks very precarious Uh and yet that the energy that you can see does translate into the music you hear it's pretty delightful so the last song on the album is what we'll play going out here it's called the losers win and we've been discussing the 10th album from quasi by the way they're first on sub pop which i thought was interesting yeah Um, And it was called Breaking the Ball. It is called Breaking the Balls of History. And again, this is The Loser's Win. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening.
This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.